0: Can Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this very special episode of Ray Free Professional Wrestling because we are recording on David the Smart Mark's birthday. So everybody, on the count of three: one, two, three! Happy <laughs> birthday, David! David, how you doing?
1: Mate, I'm inundated with cards and presents. Um, I just don't know. I just don't know where to start, Sean. I really don't. But thank you for that. I appreciate it.
0: Don't worry, mine's in the mail. I promise you, I sent it in the mail yesterday. It's in the mail. <laughs>
1: And it does take a while between, um, you know, Knoxville and uh, Cambridgeshire. So, you know, I'll, I'll I'll let that one go.
0: And, hey, we're coming off of Peterborough, Peterborough's win 3-0 the previous day. So you should be in a great mood.
1: Yes, mate. I'm not in a bad mood at all. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, th- things are good. I've uh, I caught up with the uh, Clash at the Castle support shows, shall we say including the ICW1 and the Progress 1, some good and some bad in, in both of those. Fortunately, um, our personal favorite heel at the moment, that the isn't named Khan, is still Progress Wrestling Champion, and long may that continue.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to slide over to the Control Center and bring you up to date in the previous week's wrestling news.
1: This is your Radio 3 Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to
0: know. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the story that David is mentioning is actually if you've been a fan of Progress Wrestling and you haven't been watching it in a couple of weeks here because it's delayed in North America, but Spike Tovey, the lord of professional wrestling, is your Progress World Champion. And the guy is the best heel going today. He's better than MJF. I'll go ahead and say it.
1: Oh, a big shout, mate. Um, I don't know whether he's better than MJF. He's as good as MJF, in my opinion. Because uh, what I loved recently, everything that me and you were chuntering about and whinging about when he won the title from Big Damo. Remember Big Damo from WWE? Killian Dane, no less. He won the Progress World total from him, cashing in his key, which is obviously like a money-in-the-bank thing from Progress. We were like, Sean and myself were like, well, they could have given Damo a bit longer. He's a big name, he's a big star, certainly over here in the UK. It was well-received, the win, etc. They could have given him a bit longer before having Spike cash in. Lo and behold... Within 48 hours, he cuts, a pre- he cuts a brilliant genius promo to that effect, saying, aha, all you smart marks out there moaning that it should have been this, it should have been that. Y- yeah, you never know what's going to happen with me. And it's just a genius. He's brilliant on the mic. Now, again, with what's just happened, spoilers here, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't watched the show. They bring a long-time Progress regular back, Eddie Dennis. First debuted in Chapter Six in Progress. Former tag team champions with FSU with Mark Andrews, obviously from NXT and NXT UK. Most of you will know. He's he's had a poor bloke's had a history of injuries. And when his last injury hit, he was for Progress World Heavyweight title. Nobody beat him for the title, and he had to vacate it in a genuinely emotional moment in the ring. So finally, he's fit to come back. Now, I personally feel Progress have hurried him back. Because what they did, they introduced him back and then put him in the Cardiff show. Hometown of Wales, 500 screaming Welshmen at this at the Tram Shed in Cardiff around over the weekend of Clash at the Castle. But Spike beats him. Now, all right, Spike cheats to beat him because he's the ultimate heel. But they've rushed Eddie Dennis back. And it's a shame. The, the match is brilliant, if just for the atmosphere. Watch it, because Spike Trevay's heel work. You've got an over baby face, and you've got good commentary from good old So Calval on it. I loved it. But watch Spike Trevay. Watch Progress at the moment, just simply for him. There are some other good characters on. There are some other bad stuff as well. You've got to pick and choose, like you have with most of the companies at the moment. None of them seem exempt from that. But Spike Trevay, best heel in the business, bar mjf
0: okay now the reason i say he's better than mjf is for the simple fact that nobody on this planet cheers for spike trevey they literally booed this freaking guy out of building, and they say things i can't say on this podcast
1: <laughs> why
0: well you know why because i would have to put money in the swear jar
1: <laughs> you do you don't like part of money do you
0: <laughs> okay so our second news story of the week comes from young bucks twitter as they over the weekend updated their twitter account twice in their bio saying one time saying suspended as af and the second one they posted was not sure to be honest tbh so they're still suspended from the melee from the all-out brawl after the press conference we still don't know when they're coming back to AEW tv yet but hey christopher daniels mike nakazada and Pat pa- Buck pa- are pa- back, pa- pa- who basically are the three people who are trying to break the fight up. So they're back from suspension. They're back working. And we've seen Kenny Omega in Japan doing some stuff for AEW video game stuff, but he was pulled from a match that was supposed to be a part of that uh, pr- promo package.
1: Right, yeah, this is interesting. Um, my gut feeling is Punk and Steel are gone. You'll not see them in an AW ring. They're probably doing... I think one of the reasons is Tony's now probably got to negotiate Punk's contract, whether he can sack him, whether he's got to pay him off. Um, But I think personally, rightly, wrongly, you can argue about this all day. At this moment in time, I think Punk has gone. I unfortunately don't think that of the Bucks. I think the Bucks and Kenny will come back. Now, again, we can go over the rights and wrongs of this all day and do a, probably a 15-hour show because it comes down to opinions. Um, you you know, Mike, I'm pro-punk, I'm team punk. I think that everything he probably said about the books and Kenny was true. But unfortunately, if he's thrown the first punch at Matt and Nick, um, even whether it's been coming or not, he's screwed. Uh, the, the one that interests me out of all of this is Adam Cole. Adam Cole seems to have walked away from this scot Free, and still scot Free. And it will be interesting to see where it goes with that, for me. I don't think that Tony can afford to sack the Bucks, Kenny, and Punk all at the same time.
0: Well, David, um, they just had their highest rating AEW Diamondback TV show of the year, this past week on AEW Diamond Night without any of those people being in mm-hmm. the picture. But X coming off of the fact that they had two major prelim world title matches, and you had Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson, and you had Sammy Guevara versus John Moxley. I don't think they can will out this kind of lineup every week because I feel like they're kind of short on their upper tier players.
1: Yeah, agreed. And allegedly, depending on what you read, Moxley was a little bit pissed off having to come back and fill the gap for the missing um, superstars because he was due on a two-week vacation away with Renee, So he lost that. Now, obviously, I'm sure Tony has smoozed him over and we'll see him right later on in the year. It also makes me think that tonight, as we record, um, Danielson's going to go over Moxley and then MJF's going to be involved in this somehow.
0: Well, more about that during the six questions, let's move over to our next news story. Now, spoilers alerts if you haven't watched NXT 2.0 this past week, as Soto Sotoa, at the beginning of the show, was stripped of his North American title match, or North American championship by Shawn Michaels. As Shawn Michaels says, Sotoa, you were not one of the choices for the people to vote on, so your title win was vacated. So the North American title has been vacated, and how we have it in about six weeks, we're going to have a letter match for the North American title.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, I suppose it was a surprise, and yet it wasn't when you look at it logically with what had happened at Clash of the Castle and what's you know going on with with, with you know with the way that the bloodline is now going to be um, be utilized. And I think it's important that they get. This guy over with allegedly, I mean, April's not far around the corner now. We're in September going into October. It will soon be WrestleMania season. And if rumor has it, the main event on night two is going to be Roman versus The Rock, um, which has been rumored for a very long time. Roman is going to need some severe backup.
0: Exactly. But I kind of hate it for Sakoa because I kind of like the fact that the Bloodline all had titles and he had this picture of all for him walking out with the title belts, I felt like we could have done this a little bit longer, yeah. and he could have had Sokoa go backwards and forwards.
1: Yeah, you could. You're right. You're not wrong. I don't think it's. it'll be long before Sokoa's got one of the, um, the more meaningless Monday or Friday, sorry, excuse me, night uh, titles. You know, they could easily put one of them on him.
0: You know, you can have the Bud line help him win the U.S. title from Bobby Lashley because Walter has the yeah. Intercontinental title, and I don't see him taking the title off of Walter right now.
1: So it wouldn't well, no, because the booking's got a little bit better in the WWE thanks to Triple H. So you, you, that point is actually more relevant now than it, say, would have been six to eight weeks ago. Um, yeah, I think Lashley's probably the one that... that, that let's face it Lashley Lashley doesn't Lashley's a wrestler that doesn't necessarily need a title
0: no he's at a point of his career where his name by itself is easily worth enough where he could easily put him into a world title picture he can take this loss and you give him the benefit of having cheating having to cover up the loss it'd be perfectly fine now you speak of Triple H let's go to our next news story because at Survivor Series David it's war games.
1: Yeah, 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 um, When I saw that report, mate, I knew I knew there'd be a happy Knoxvillean and a happy Cambridgeshire gentleman because me and you, we love our war games, don't we? Particularly when it's, this is the big question, when it's done right.
0: Okay, so I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to predict this. It's going to be Team Drew versus Team Bloodline.
1: That makes sense. That makes sense to have the bloodline as a team. What I like about it, it's in Survivor Series. It's no more Raw versus SmackDown. When, if you remember our conversation 12 months ago-ish, when I pointed out the stats of how many Raw Raw matches in Survivor Series since they've been doing it had won over SmackDown, and then you we we couldn't believe it. You cast your mind back, so I'm re- really glad we're not getting that. We are getting a ladies' war games match. Now I have reservations over that. I do not want to see Io Shirai half killing herself, doing out stunting herself from previous years. But we'll see. Um, but yeah, that makes perfect sense to have Team Drew or Team Lashley with what you've just suggested um, versus. The bloodline.
0: Well, Bob Lashley could be one of the members of Team Drew after yep. he gets screwed out of his title.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, our final news story of the week is concerning about Malachi Black slash Tommy Ann as he went onto Instagram this past weekend and have a limpy statement about his <laughs> leaving AEW, taking some time off. And I'm just going to read through the pieces of this for you, David. Okay, I'll start with, with Malachi Black here. He says, "Firstly," He thanks all the fans for all the messages. He says he's been reading all the messages the fans left He says the current landscape of professional wrestling and the turmoil going around is one reason why he's Needs to take some time away. He and AEW had some conversation They have come to a conclusion and he was disappointed by some of the things coming out about the mental health state and stuff coming out of He didn't name the camp, but it got leaked by somebody so, he basically goes on then and says, like, he indeed asked for his release. It's been on his mind for about six months. In the past two years, he suffered a loss of a close personal friend. A family member almost passed away. He suffered an injury he thought could actually end his career. He worked his butt off, get back into shape to be back in performing wrestling. And he said at a indie show here in the States this past weekend that it's not goodbye if it's going to be see you later he's hoping to be back in wrestling at some point he just needs to take some time for himself we wish tommy and all the best
1: yeah i, I pretty much echo that i'd also read that he had approached the wwe about return again but this is the dirt sheets um you know you have to pick the common sense out of, out of a lot of it um it's interesting what you said he wasn't damning of aew backstage but he did hint at some of the stuff that Punk openly talked about at the at the All Out press conference. So it does give you, and and having met Tommy and Tommy End is a very, very similar personality to Punk. He, he's, you know, we talk about all the time over history of legit tough guys in wrestling. Tommy is one of them. He has an MMA background, he has a judo background, he is legitimately a tough guy. So if he turns around and says he's beaten up and had enough and needs some time for his mental health, I for sure am not going to question that, because he is a tough guy. But also, some of the things he said about potential backstage issues, not issues, but potential backstage stuff going on in AEW seems to be a pattern for me, and Tony's got to nip this in the bud. He really, really has, um, and I think he's going to. Personally, I think he's going to.
0: Well, I really believe if you're a fan of Tommy andy, you should go over to Instagram and read his full statement. Because I yeah. didn't do no no credit. I mean, I paraphrase the basics of it. It's a well written piece that he put out there, well thought out. And you know how much we were like praising AEW for keeping Brody Lee's story like covered up. Or Like in in-house without telling anybody until after his wife was able to speak her mind about it Where's
1: that AEW? It's kind of disappeared. Great point. That is a great point Yeah, it has and there seems to be you listen to Right if you listen to all bar one of veteran podcasters veteran bloggers within the pro wrestling era all bar one points the finger in the same area. And that one, which is Meltzer and Alvarez, don't like, shall we say, punk, and they do like a certain little faction. And and they're, they're, to be fair to them, it's not a hidden fact. It's, it's not, you know, I'm saying that safely, knowing that that's the fact. But then you look at everyone else, some of the other respected journalists who know the ins and outs of what's going on, and they point the finger in the same area.
0: I mean, it's easy to see that Meltzer and Brian Everett are really Team AEW, and I can understand why. Yep. And they're on the west coast, they've probably seen the Young Butts all their lives, or Young Butts lives basically, you know what I mean? So it's like me with anybody from Knoxville, like, I could give you a sample of the Trent twins, who are basically Duncan Castle's boys. I know them pretty well. Yep and I would be like the first person beating on the drum for them to be in the WWE, AEW, or wherever. Yeah, it's like me going to shows when
1: 10, 15 years ago when you were seeing Will Ospreay, Paul Robinson as... Um, The Swords of Essex, Zack Sabre Jr. and the leaders of the new church. All British factions at the time that you had 100% access to at any shows they were performing. I remember meeting, ironically, I talked about him earlier with the Progress show. I remember meeting Eddie Dennis for the first time in my local city of Peterborough at a local show. Nicest bloke ever. No character. All he was doing was he wrestled and he was selling tickets at the raffle. And he was willing to sit down with you and chat for as long as you wanted. (coughs) So you get to know them and you get to know whether these people are good guys. And Tony needs, at the end of the day, Tony needs to nip this in the bud. Otherwise, it could be the death of AEW internally. Because no one will want to go there.
0: Exactly. Because, I mean, like, one of the reasons CM Punk stated that he went to AEW was for the fact that they kept Barley Lee's condition, hush-hush.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point, Sean. And I'll be honest, with all that's gone on over the last two weeks since All Out, um, it's not a point that I considered. So, yeah, it, it really is, you know, what happened to that AEW. Um... And I would say it's got political backstage.
0: Well, David, we're going to leave all this right here for now. We'll keep our eyes on it as the the weeks go by. Let's go over to the stunning six questions because we are recording on AEW Grand Slam day. Let's preview this card just a little bit.
1: It's time for the stunning six question. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, David and Sean can make sense of it.
0: David, my first stunning question, as we're still talking about Tommy Ann, I'm going to talk about, do you see Tommy Ann going back to the WWE? Secondly, did AEW does for a better lack of words word, shit the bed with Malachi Black?
1: <laughs> yes, they did. I just didn't listen to you say something like that. You know it's serious. Yeah, they dropped the ball hugely. This man is a big star. This man is a superb wrestler with, as I said earlier, with the backup to give him some legitimacy. And they've dropped the ball hugely with him. Um, When he came in, it was a big deal. And if he was got any sense... Um, we know of a big start of a big start of his that's about to return to the WWE. Um, and I think Tommy End will eventually go back there once he sorted his head out.
0: I feel like he's going to go back to the WWE for the simple fact Triple H is there. And when Triple H was in charge of NXT, Alistair Black was treated like a serious freaking character and he was a main event player. And when Tommy End went to AEW, I was going like they're going to put this guy in like the world title picture, and yeah, he had a good feud with Cody Rhodes. But after that, David, can you can you actually remember a Malachi Black feud?
1: No, absolutely, you bang on. What they did, they put him in the house of black, and once you put a wrestler in a faction, nine times out of ten, he gets lost. He gets lost in the background because he's got so many characters within this faction that need to get out. So he's he's one that maybe needs to have a manager or a bodyguard or something at most, but he's the sort of person, he's legitimately tough. He doesn't need it. Um, and they showed it, they did it actually with Cody. Um, and bear in mind, this is Cody we're talking about. He got pretty much a level playing field with Cody as far as results, offense, et cetera, which he should do. Um, there's no two ways about it. So he can stand alone. Um, but AEW didn't do that with him and he's got lost in the shuffle and I don't blame him for being upset.
0: David, I really like the House of Black. And I was thinking like coming out of all out before learning all this other stuff is going on. We could eventually see Sting versus Malachi Black and I was I was kinda interested in that match.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have minded seeing that. It's not something I thought of because of you know, you've got to, you've gotta cover a little bit for Sting these days. For A for his age, I'm not knocking him. He doesn't he doesn't half do bad. But no, he should he should have been in the world title picture. He certainly should have had a world title run, even if it's chasing. But AEW do I've I've got into a tendency of a little bit of hot shotting as well. So, you know, that's that does worry me.
0: This bad timing, cause he came in at the first wave of releases and next thing you know, Adam Cole's release and all these other uh, Brian Downson's release. And this mean you know is like here you get CM Punk, Brian Dallison Adam Cole all day being on the same pay per view, and where do you put these people? You can't put them in the mid You're going to have to put them in the main event scene. So somebody has to suffer, and unfortunately, it was Tommy In.
1: Yeah, but I mean, this—I mean, I look at AEW like this. They, at the moment, because he hasn't been sat, have three huge stars in Danielson, Jericho, and Punk. Right? I'm sorry, no one else gets on their level for me. My opinion. No one else on the level. Then you've got two um, potential stars that you could always put the belt on, which is MJF and Kenny. Um, And then you've got MJF as a heel chasing. Sorry, I've just said MJF. MJF and Kenny. Sorry, please excuse me. But after that, you've got no one.
0: Exactly. I mean, like, the upper tier right now without the elite around is very limited. But, David, let's go over to our second-standing question because we're going (laughs) to solve a problem here with this limited roster. Yeah. Okay, so we got John Moxley versus Brian Danielson tonight for the AEW World Title. Who are you taking? And I kind of got a feeling that I know who you're taking.
1: Yeah, I said it earlier. Brian Danielson, for many, many reasons. I think it's his turn. I think Moxley's had it too much. And you don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not a Mox fan, but he's done a good job with the title. Um, And he has done a good job with the title. I can't deny that. Um, But... I think then you're either going to build towards, hopefully build towards MJF versus Brian, or he's going to cash in the chip tonight because it's a big show. Um, I've got a gut feeling it's the latter, and that at the end, it's going to be MJF leaving with the title, quite simply based on it's a big show. It's one of their biggest crowds. They've sold out the Arthur Ashe tennis stadium, and I think that rather than have MJF come out and absolutely kick the hell out of Brian Danielson and leave him leave himself with more heat with Danielson winning he's gonna have him cash to chip in
0: okay David about 30 seconds ago I was gonna agree with you that Brian Danielson was gonna win this match now I want to agree with you I like your booking idea here and I feel like let Moxley and Danielson just have a banger of a match they both get laid out and here's that snake in the grass mjf running and going like here's my chip one two three not much work gets the title all the heat's on him he have baby face brian downson mattering at hell chasing him for the next few months
1: yeah i mean if they do that if they do go down that route you can have mjf playing the cowardly chicken shit Hill and just not refusing to fight danielson not going anywhere near him not you know you could pad this out. I do think it needs some build, but you know, either you could see, you could see either version happening tonight, Sean, couldn't you?
0: Yes, I can. The one thing I don't want to see is Brian Denson forced to go through all the members of the firm because we've been down that storyline yeah. a few times here in ADW. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it happened with with MJF and Chris uh, with Jericho. You had the what was it, the six trials of Jericho, and they weren't great because it brought Nick Gage. <laughs> into a into put the public domain and I'm, I'm not a fan of that yeah it i i really don't know which one it's going to be interesting i mean for, you know because most of the most fans knowing this are going to be prepared for it i don't think it's going to be a shock or a
0: surprise but it is going to be worth seeing well the only reason i would have put it on john mosley is this for the simple fact if you put it on Motsley you're going to have your first three-time champion and I don't think AEW is ready to have a three-time champion inside of a three-year company. So, yeah,
1: yeah, that's fair. Very good point. And also, again, I mentioned the holiday point, And this is legit. Moxley was dragged, from two, dragged back because of the suspensions to the Elite and Punk. Um, and obviously, booking changed, um, which is fair enough. That's not Tony's fault. He had to do that. Um, he's dragged Moxley back. And Moxley apparently was genuinely genuinely look i've got two weeks off on beat up on going away with the wife and tony's like no for obvious reasons john i need you um so that's another reason i don't see moxley winning tonight and i think then he takes his two
0: weeks off okay david we're gonna leave that there let's go to our second set our third Sunday question should he claim win the aew world tag team titles tonight against swerve and 100 percent
1: 100 yes Damn. i don't know the no argument. The the story's been written. I'm not a fan of Keith Lee or Swerve Stickland as a tag team. I'm not a fan of Swerving our glory as a tag team. The Acclaimed have got themselves over with Billy Gunn. They're, the raps are brilliant. They're very clever. They're a decent team. 100% yes.
0: They won these titles like at All Out, but they need to win them tonight. This is for The simple fact that you can break Keith Lee and Swerve Stickland up and you got two main event players you can push forward as we're suffering from this limited upper tier roster.
1: Yeah, and, and they're over with the crowd. 100% so over with the crowd. Yeah, because everybody loves the acclaim. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll feed them, you knock them down, son.
0: Well, scissor me, David.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, I'm, we're scissoring for the benefit of the podcaster.
0: Anyway, let's go over to our fourth study question here. We are inside two months of the Triple H booking regime in wwe david how do you feel about this new wwe look
1: okay wwe couldn't have got any lower for me so any improvement would be welcome hunter i don't always necessarily agree with a lot of what he does but he does have a lot more insight than anyone else who's booked wwe over the last 10 years he has some knowledge of who's good on the Indies, who's liked. I mean, allegedly it was under the AJ Styles and the company. You know, where depending on what you believe, no one had heard of him within the WWE, which I find very hard to believe. But you know what I'm. You know what the point I'm. Do you see the point I'm trying to make? It's. I've gone to watching bits of it again. I've gone to enjoying bits of it again. Clash of the Castle. There was some good stuff on it. And I, bizarrely, I never thought I'd say this. I now love Dominic Mysterio. And I never ever thought I'd say that. But whoever picked up this this relationship with Rhea Ripley and put it into storyline, it's just genius. It's just absolute genius. I love it.
0: David, it's no secret, this podcast, I've been struggling with watching Monday Night Raw. For the longest time, I would basically just fast forward for it until I see something yep. I should be watching and I would just be looking at the highlights just to make sure I had enough stuff to talk about on our podcast yeah but lately I've been watching my night raw when I come home from work I DVR it and I feel like I have not wasted my time yeah now last night they had a lot of outside interference in all the matches on the card but it still was kind of an enjoyable show and I feel like it's improved since the earlier part of the summer and I hope as we get more Triple H's people back into WWE, we might get an even stronger WWE. And, oh, by the way, in benefit here, a stronger wrestling industry.
1: Yeah, I agree with most of that. Um, one thing Hunter does seem to know, he picks up on what the audience actually want and who the audience like and how to go with it. Um, and that that is only, you know, that can only improve improve things it really really can um yeah he's gonna probably plunder the nxt rosters from when he was in charge there and that's understandable um you know you you go with what you know you go with what's not let you down in the past and to be fair it's better if that means it's a better product on a monday and friday then you know hey if we could get some of the names changed back if i could get butch change back to Pete Dunne. i will be happy back.
0: Exactly. That's one of the surprising non-changes that hasn't happened yet, but I feel like down the road, this has to be something they're going to do. Because we need a bruiser weight back.
1: And put grizzled young veterans back to being grizzled young veterans. What the hell is that all about?
0: I feel like Triple H hasn't seen that on TV yet, or maybe he has he's like guys this way and i'll bring you up to the main roster we'll get back to being the grizzly young veterans you can actually just wrestle in the ring
1: yeah yeah anyway sorry that was just a little little pet peeve of my
0: yeah personal side rant
1: absolutely
0: okay so then question number five how long should the elite and CM Punk be suspended for
1: <laughs> well I have, I have a feeling that punkins Ace still have gone I, I think that that's in the go. Oh, and we're never going to see them back on t- on AWTV again. I think the Elite will be back. I think that we will get to, what's the next show? Is it Full Gear next? The next big one in October or November.
0: Okay, so Full Gear in November. And, David, you got me thinking the same way because I feel like they're going to yeah. be back they're by back, back for
1: that. Back. Yeah, I think they'll be back for Full Gear elite that is as in kenny and the books
0: now granted i feel like the elite probably gone not be evps anymore i feel like that's gone because of all this
1: going on and they're just gonna be performers yeah well if they are evps and they have even allowing for poetic license if they've behaved 50 percent of what punk had said so, you know, playing devil's advocate here, they shouldn't be EVPs of a big company like that.
0: I feel like that was one of Tony Khan's first mistakes, was actually bringing them aboard as EVPs. I noted he wanted them in the promotion, but with them having hardly any experience running a company, I didn't see why he made them EVPs in the first place.
1: I tell you what, Sean, it speaks more about, you know, we, you wonder why Cody went the way he did, apart from money, right? It now speaks more, for me, more of why he decides. Cody is a political beast. We both know that. He doesn't kick up a storm. He doesn't say anything controversial. But he is very, very clever. And it speaks more, for me now, of why Cody did what he did.
0: David, it kind of makes me want to look at this MDA that he signed as he left AEW. I just want to know what was in that MDA that he promised not to say.
1: It's funny you talk about NDAs. I would all, I would absolutely, hundred and ten percent, love to read the NDA that um, that Tony Khan has with Cornette. I would love to read that. That would, I'd give, I'd give, I'd give a body part to read that because I bet that's, I bet you could sit and read that and giggle your head off.
0: Now on the fact that CM Punk and A still, now A still, I feel like it's going to be out of this company. He's not going to be able to go backstage at AEW. At any point whatsoever. Now, CM Punk, he's injured, and reportedly it's going to take eight to nine months for him to recover. Then he got to on the suspension because you can't count the injury time as a sus- suspension, or there's going to be backlash there too.
1: Um, I disagree with that ever so slightly. I think you can count the injury time as suspension. I don't know legally, contract-wise, whether they can or can't, but I don't know. But I just don't think Punk will be back. I, I really don't. I think we we first giggled before it all kicked off about that press conference. Me and you giggled at Tony's face as Punk's unloading. And, you know, he obviously genuinely was not expecting that. It was, I don't know, it was, I'm not sure whether it was unpro- as unprofessional as the books um, going into the locker room in the way they did, and causing knowing full well what was going to happen, because let's face it, that was going to happen. I love I love Phil Brooks. I always have done. I always will, whatever he does. But there's a lot in my. This isn't the WWE part bomb. This isn't the Colt Cabana interviews. This is something we'd never seen before, and it wasn't very professional.
0: Part of me wants to see him come back for maybe three to four, six months, have a few matches with certain people, and maybe wrap up his career. Because, I mean, he took the seven-year gap, and he got injured, then re-injured inside of, like, three months. So I feel like that time off he took, I mean, it was probably good for his mental health, but his body is so beaten up. Yeah, I don't see having a long career. So he probably better going to some Mr. Ar- Martial Arts promotion doing commentary or doing commentary for maybe the WWE, because, I mean, you could almost make anything possible with Triple H right now.
1: Uh, he didn't have the best relationship with Triple H. <laughs> it's punk. He doesn't have, you know, he burns a lot of bridges. Um, I don't know, mate. I think he's done. He's 40. Was he mid-40s? Um, he is beat up. You know, bless him, and he's still fit for his age. He, he's shown he can still go, but he's he's suffered. He's now taking injuries because he wasn't wrestling as much or as regularly. Um, I think he's done. I genuinely think he's done, Mike.
0: Unfortunately, I agree with you, David. I feel like that was probably the last company, last bridge that he could possibly burn, and yeah. he literally put a can of gasoline to it and <laughs> put it in a match and burned it down to the ground. <laughs>
1: He did that. He did that. All right, mate. He really did. I, as I say, I still refer you back. We mentioned it a couple of minutes ago. Tony Khan's face during that press conference live was just priceless. You couldn't, you couldn't bottle that. That was just brilliant. I remember getting
0: the video off of, of off off YouTube and sending it to, in, sending it to you inside the messenger, going like, David, when you wake up, you need to watch this.
1: Yeah, 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 and I did instantly, um, because I know the sign when you send me something like that. And I was just sat there, and I was going a Oh my god! And b Look at Tony's face. Um, but on the plus side, Mindy's Bakery sails through the roof. Exactly.
0: I mean, like they got the best freaking free publicity possible.
1: Oh, did they ever?
0: And David, <laughs> I, and David, I still want a freaking muffin.
1: Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, I bet Phil Brooks will never have to buy a muffin again.
0: David, sixth and final stunning question. This past week, PW Insider released their top 500 professional wrestlers. (laughs) And Roman Reigns is number one, who I have no problem being number one because his run here as WWE World Champion has been pretty freaking awesome. Okada's number two, so I can see that. Yep. Now, you get down this list here, there's so certain people <laughs> that I kind of want to mention that should be a little bit higher. Now, let's take this in fact. that Take it back. They take it from July to June. So, this is from, like, July yes. 2021 to June 2022. Yep. David, who was progress champion during that time?
1: Oh, you put me on the spot. Hang on. Oh, third car in the wall. Sorry. David, car in the wall was, like, 167. Yeah. Yeah, fair point. Like, what the heck? Well... I mean, basically, you can get, you can look at this in two ways. You can look at the rest as it should be higher, or you can go say into the top. Most people focused on the top ten because there was two names in the top ten that I think were total shocks. I think is that fair, Sean? Um, and you can look in the top, say, I'm going to go say top twenty to top thirty, and think, how's he in there? How's he in there? How's he in there? How's he in there? He in there? Yeah. Okay. So you can look at it from two ways. You looked at it from Carano being one six seven, personal favourite of ours, absolutely brilliant wrestler, um, and he should have been much much higher. Yeah, you're right. Where should he have been? Was he top ten? No, but should Big E have been in the top ten?
0: Okay, so Big E, I would say yes, he should have been in. Really? the Really? Yes, because you got to think. You got to think back. Part the injury here is this before the injury really took an effect. It's also the fact why Will Ospreay's down this list because he was injured during this segment of the year. But Big E's run with that title belt he had was pretty good. And I could see him be. i probably wouldn't have him in my personal top ten, but I have no qualms with him being inside the PW Insiders top ten. That's my personal feeling about that, okay? <laughs> who's, yeah, the, well, who's the other person you have an issue with?
1: Um, I can't remember. There's one. Oh, you've got me now. you got me on the spot. Have you got them, Tom?
0: Okay, David. So the top ten, let me just read this out to you. We got Roman Reigns at one, Okada at two, CM Punk at three, Hangman Adam Page at four, Bobby Lashley is number five, Cody Rhodes is number six, Brian Downson was number seven. We have a Triple A member at number eight, and forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, but it's El Hegel, the de Viking?
1: Del v- yeah, the triple A champion.
0: Okay, the big E, and running out this list is the former ROH world champion, Jonathan Grissom.
1: Right, the ones I've got issue with, are the t- I've actually got in front of me the top 30-odd of this time, right? I'm just going to put some names to you. Matt Cardona, number 13. I'm not a fan of Moxley, but Moxley should be where Hangman Pages. I'm not a fan of Moxley. Hangman Page should be nowhere near that top 10, just because he held, he held the AW Championship for a couple of months, and it wasn't a glorious reign.
0: Exactly. Heyman Adam Page at number four to me personally seems a lot high. I would have him inside my top thirty. He would be right. somewhere between probably twenty and thirty, but I would not have him inside my top ten. This for a fact to me personally, he was the least effective AEW world champion so
1: far. I'm getting angry because I'm looking at the top fifty, right? Number twenty-one, Moose, is above Will Ospreay and Zach Saber Jr. Who what were they on? Cocaine when they voted. Seriously, Moose is above Will Ospreay, Chris Jericho, Zat Sabre Jr., Sammy Guevara, Bandido, um, Minoru Suzuki, Shinsuke Nakamura, Randy Orton. Moose is above all of them. Kevin Owens, take that in. If you want your PWI top 500 in the world to be credible, make them credible. He's only one behind Drew McIntyre. No, not for me. This year's list is badly thought out and badly thought through. There you go.
0: Okay, so I can't make a a logical argument for Moose being inside the top 30, and especially the only person I can say maybe it shouldn't be any higher than he is is Will Ospreay, just for a fact he was injured most of that fall of 2021, but any of him being injured he was going around to like different promotions, cutting promos with his version of the New Japan World title. And he was spotlighting New Japan for wrestling, so I still feel like he should be somewhere in the top twenty five. Moose was what? a quote unquote T and a world champion when he found the belt. He won the actual impact world title for a little bit and he lost it. I don't think he had a top thirty year. He might have had a top fifty year. But he wasn't. He didn't have a year like Zach Saber Junior.
1: Right. I am now going to make this list totally irrelevant with one fact. All right. And even you won't be able to argue with this because I'm appealing to everything that means something to Stunning Sean. Moose is at twenty-one. At number sixty is Nick Aldis. Think about that for a second. Okay.
0: So I'm trying to remember now. <laughs> Nick Otis lost the NWA World title sometime in that range that you're looking at. But oh my freaking word, there's no way on this God Green's earth that the true world champion should be lower than freaking Moose.
1: Exactly. Now, I realize PW Insider works on a kayfabe pro basis. They work, with, they don't look at it like me and you do with like the, the quality of the wrestling the quality of the promo, what they're doing for companies, where they cut their teeth, how they go about doing it. It's total kayfabe. You know, they look at, oh, he's a world champion for that, that's a big company. He's been there, you know, 16 weeks, he's held the belt. He's defended it at whatever time. It's PWI insider. It still considers wrestling to be 100% real, which is fine. It's traditional and I've got no issue with that. But I'm sorry, that is Ilya Dragunov, 72.
0: Oh, all he did was beat Walter, who was actually one of the longest-ranking NSC UK champions of all time, and his only reason his title reign came to an end was because he got injured. And, oh, by the way, the time he was injured, the company folded. <laughs> but no, let's make him 74, <laughs> okay.
1: I think me and you could argue about this all day. Let's just say that list, for me is one of its poorest and most ill thought through um it always sparks some debate great it does always spark some debate amongst fans marks podcasters journalists whatever you want wherever you want to go down the list whatever category you put yourself into but this list for me is a joke an utter joke. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been your stunning six questions. No, no, no. no, 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 Mr. Mr. Burkhead. I'm going to throw in a seventh question, and it's for you. And I want to ask you a question.
0: Okay, David and Smart march very first delightful question.
1: How do you, the stunning one, think that Impact's new acquisition newest acquisition one of the finest wrestlers in the world that they've ever seen will fare in that the local hero is coming to impact
0: you're talking about joe henry joe local henry. hero i'm not going to do any more singing because this podcast is going to go off the rails but i'm really happy to see joe henry get signed with impact wrestling again the guy is Freaking good in the ring, and he could get himself over easily as a face or a heel, because I see him both ways. I just wish AEW went, oh, Joe Henry's free. Why didn't we bring him in for a minute?
1: Oh, yeah, a great point. However, AEW's loss is impact's gain, and our good friend Blaine constantly... Um, extorts the volume, uh, the value of Impact Wrestling and the quality of the shows. An addition of Joe Hendry is only going to help. However they cast him, whatever role, whatever they push him with, Joe Hendry adds to the roster because exactly that. He's clever, he's witty, he's talented, he's great on the mic. He's got a genuine wrestling background, obviously competed for Scotland in the Commonwealth Games. So he's got a legit background and he is. Very, very, very good in the ring, and he, he looks the part.
0: Oh yeah, he has. He has gotten himself in amazing shape because during this pandemic era, it was hard for him to get back over to the states to wrestle for Real Honor. So he put a lot of time in getting himself into amazing shape, and now he is a credible heavyweight that you can slide in there against Josh Alexander yeah. and have a freaking banger of a match.
1: That was the first thing that I thought when it was announced, Sean. Even if they don't put the title on Joe, that will be a blooming good match and one that would make me watch Impact.
0: Dammit, it it would be for (laughs) Caesars.
1: It'd be interesting to see if he could use that again or if he goes back to the local hero gimmick or some of the Joe Hendry songs. Um, Just out of interest, ladies and gentlemen, on the subject of Joe Hendry, if you haven't a clue of what we're talking about, youtube joe hendry entrances because they're absolutely brilliant because the normal routine was that he made a song up about his opponents and they weren't privy to it prior to actually seeing the ring entrance and there are quite a few of wrestlers breaking character corpsing and laughing, including Jack Jester from ICW and more recently, Scotty Too hottie from Discovery Wrestling in Edinburgh. The Scotty Too Hottie one's really funny because he doesn't, it's quite clear from his reaction, he hasn't a clue what's going on but then he sees it and um, he, and the lyrics in it, I can't actually repeat on Sean's, Sean's podcasting but they're really, really funny. Go look up joe henry versus uh, scotty 2 discovery wrestling just for joe henry's entrance it's brilliant well
0: david as your birthday present and a present to all our listeners i will link that youtube video into the show notes so go down to the show notes and you will see scotty Tuhati's reaction to joe henry's special theme for scotty Tuhati.
1: brilliant well done mate you are the computer genius looking forward to having a threesome very soon with you and jake um mate Jake, i'm looking for hope, hope works going well looking forward to uh, getting the three of us online soon it's going to be off the charts
0: ladies and gentlemen that has been radio free professional wrestling i'm heading off to legal to figure this out real fast have a stunning week
1: this is sergeant arms of christina on behalf of the guys thanks for listening to today's show
0: please head over to apple podcast and leave a five-star rating and a review
1: Until next time, the liberation continues.